Welcome to the PubCast, your inside look at electronic publishing. From ebooks to websites to podcasts and more, join us as we interview the professionals on the cutting edge of publishing. Hello and welcome to the PubCast. My name is Lauren Claremont and today I will be speaking with Ziv Navot. Ziv is the co-founder and CEO of Paragraph, a company whose mission is to help people discover, tell, and experience great stories. They do this with their interactive iPad magazine, Paragraph Shorts, their ebook conversion platform, Convertibook, and their multi-device publishing service, Particle, which was awarded in Apple's Best of 2013 for the first magazine they launched, Giada, with the Food Network star, Giada De Laurentiis. And hopefully this afternoon we'll also talk a little bit about a new project that they have in the works. So welcome, Zeev. Thanks, Lauren. Great to be here. We're so excited to be talking to you today because um, I am a student at Emerson and we're all about the publishing world and technology and Paragraph just seemed like a great place to go to find out information about that. So as the CEO of Paragraph, um, you have all these multi-platforms and all these awesome products that you work with. I was just wondering, how did Paragraph as a company come about? Because it's in conjunction with BMuse as an umbrella, but um, it definitely stands alone as a great bridge of short stories and publishing and then um, technology. So like many things uh, in life, uh, this all started over a cup of coffee that Ido um, and I had about six years ago. Uh, we first met about, uh, I don't know, about 15 or 16 years ago in Israel. We both worked at the same startup and then kind of lost touch and reconnected after Ido had sold his company to AOL uh, in 2007. And then I was part of a, a social network that we sold to AOL in 2008. And after we both left AOL, we were kind of looking about the, think about the next step for us and realized that we were both interested in reimagining media and developing products based on how people's behaviors have changed in the last five, ten years. For me, it really meant going back to uh, storytelling. Storytelling has been a common thread in pretty much everything I've, I've, I've done, uh, even still in high school. Uh, writing for the for the high school newspaper, and then uh, going into marketing, and uh, which is of course another form of storytelling, and then writing a uh, publishing a book of short stories, uh, and then going into social media and being responsible for developing some of the early uh, web content, uh, and I wanted to create a business that would let me explore and spend time in trying to think about how do we tell stories in this day and age. Uh, and so we founded uh, Paragraph together, and Paragraph is, a, is basically a partnership between Ido and I, whereby we look at how people are consuming content today and how content is being created and shared and distributed and we think about what's what's missing, what's not working, what's frustrating, and how can we delight people. And that leads us to different experiments, and the experiments that work out uh, turn out to be products or services. And the ones that uh, don't work out uh, just get left by the sideway. 
the platform I'm most interested in is this Paragraph Shorts. It's just such a cool interactive app with the short story element and the music and the links to the articles and how it has a social media aspect as well. Why did you decide to launch it just on the iPad as an app um, instead of like a, a website or something like that? When we uh, started to build paragraphs, uh, to be honest, we didn't know what our first product was going to be. And the, when in doubt, do something you're passionate about. Uh, it's just something that you probably heard a lot uh, in, uh, in your studies. Yes. Um, that really didn't give me a, 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 you know, a feel of security that much. Uh, but because uh, clearly what I'm passionate about is stories, so it wasn't clear where, where the money in that was going to be. But we decided to launch this, uh, this magazine because we felt that the world doesn't need another magazine, per se. Uh, there are hundreds, uh, if not more, of literary, literary publications out there. Some of them are incredibly niche in the sense that they have, you know, dozens, maybe a few hundreds of, of followers uh, or subscribers. Um, and what's missing isn't another one that accepts submissions and uh, edits them and filters them because there are so many great stories out there. The problem is that there are so many great stories out there. Where do you where do you go? Like if you basically say, you know, I've got seven minutes to kill and I want to kill them in a quality manner, um, where do I go to? And so we wanted to be the answer to that. And when we started off, that made it clear that this can't just be about text. Uh, when I published my book, short stories were something that were read. But uh, today, some people, I hate to say this, but some people, they don't like to read. But give them something to listen to, They'll listen to it if it's good. Give them something interesting to watch, they'll watch. And so the definition of what the medium, the right medium is for short stories has expanded. And so that was one of the earlier decisions that we wanted to, to make, which is, okay, we are going to basically include text, audio, and video. The other important decision was we're not going to uh, – build our own slush pile here. We're not going to accept submissions. We think that the great stories already exist. They just need to be curated. So we decided that we are going to kind of build a list of the most interesting publications. Some of them very well known, like uh, the New Yorker, Paris Review. Some of them are small and edgy, like uh, Pank, for example. And that we're going to curate our stories from those publications while giving as much exposure as we can to the publisher and also to the writer. So, and, and from being in this business, it was clear that this is not a business in the sense of we would never make money from Paragraph Shorts because there's just no way to make money from that specifically. But it did lead us to develop a platform for digital publishing because there was none when Paragraph Shorts came out. We had to build it from scratch and that taught us a lot about what it takes to build a platform that lets you publish now, um, which is what we can do, um, both as a native app uh, on an iPhone or an iPad, but also on a responsive website that looks and, and works great on, on, on any platform.
Did you have any background building apps or you said that you did some earlier work um, with websites in previous jobs, but um, did you have the ability yourself to build this app or did you kind of bring people in and tell them what you wanted to do? How did that work? By the time we, we launched Paragraph Shorts, we had a team, um, and by we I'm saying kind of the, the, the bigger kind of Bemuse operation, we probably had a team of about, uh, I'd say, 20 people overall. And so the competencies to build it uh, were in-house. From there, is that kind of how um, Paragraph Particle evolved too? Did that come later and you saw these all, all these platforms or was that sort of more you needed a moneymaker at this point? Six months after we launched Paragraph Shorts, we had a meeting with um, Random House. And they really loved Paragraph Shorts. Uh, they loved how it looked. They loved how it worked. And it just embodied for them um, how to do things right when it comes to storytelling and digital. And it sparked a conversation around what can we do to help them deliver value to one of their most important authors, Giada De Laurentiis. And also, what can we do to help them build a direct relationship with readers, which is something that publishers traditionally have never had. In the world of publishing, when you come out with a new book, you start your marketing efforts from scratch again and again and again. Because unlike the digital world, where you already have an email list of fans, you already have a community that you're marketing back to, um, that's not something that was in the DNA of a publisher. It, it is more today, but it didn't used to be that way. And so by launching a digital magazine, it um, let them add value to one of their most important authors and other authors that they want to keep and, uh, and sign but also build this direct relationship with an audience that's interested in food and lifestyle, travel, fashion. And so it was a, it was a great learning experience for them. Well, um, I was just on the website, I was on the Paragraph website and actually clicked to look at it. And it's a, it's a beautiful space. I mean, there's, and it's still going strong from the looks of it. Right. For us, the aesthetic is, 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 um, is a core part of the experience. You know, we, all of us have so many choices in how we spend our time. If the experience is not great, you know, we're, we're really just a tap away from something else. So that's, by the way, why when we launched Paragraph Shorts, the, the short story magazine, the imagery that we select for every story and every, um, every cover of this weekly magazine was, uh, was really important for us. We, and at the beginning we said, well, why not just give the text out? Like, why do you need to, to bother with images? Because that just adds another layer of complexity to producing this. And we came to the conclusion that what we wanted to create is this, you know, it's like you're walking in this really crappy neighborhood and suddenly there's this amazing coffee shop that you stumble into and you might as well be, you know, on the left bank of, of, of Paris, uh, even though you could be in downtown Detroit. And we wanted to create that that kind of place that you enter and transports you to a different world, even if it's just for seven minutes. And so the imagery became a really important part of that and everything else that we do. 
And the great thing about the imagery as well, it comes from Flickr and other sources, correct? You don't have in-house photographers. Right. When when I started uh, thinking about how are we going to get all these beautiful images, um, I thought, okay, let's go to Flickr and, and, and type a search. If you have a search, you know, a story about a father who's meeting his, uh, his son uh, after 10 years at uh, Grand Central Station, then you type a search for Grand Central Station, then you get the, the most obvious pictures that are not, um, you know, pleasing at all. And so we said, wow, what are we... You know, what are we going to do now? And we decided um, this is actually a, an idea that our creative director had. He said, "You guys have it all, all, all around. It's like you first start by finding beautiful images, and then you attach them to the stories." So uh, we had become experts on how to find amazing images on Flickr, and amazing photographers, and amazing photography groups. And then we basically connect with those people, and we say, "Look, this is what we do. We're paragraph." We believe in the power of story, and we want to use your imagery to uh, uh, combine it with these amazing stories from these amazing authors. And we can't tell you right now what story your image is going to be assigned to, but if this is cool, um, we, we'd love for this to happen. And 99.9% of every photographer that we've asked has, uh, has given us uh, permission to do this. That's great. So do you just keep an active archive of photography and stories as well? Yep, that's right. Um, and how did the, um, you said you work with The New Yorker and you have a great relationship with the Paris Review. Do those stories, can they come from any issue of those journal magazines um, or are they exclusive content that you guys get? So early on, we decided that to build something that's uh, scalable and easy to manage, especially for something that doesn't bring in any money, right? Especially that's something that's a, that's a labor of love. You really have to be careful of the, um, the traditional pitfalls, which uh, in both uh, story publishing and in music publishing have to do when you have to have a contract with a publisher, then you're like, you know, that's what you're going to be doing for the next two years. So we knew that we had to remove a lot of the friction in getting this off the ground. And one of the first decisions was, okay, so we're going to work with what's available out there. So we don't have any, uh, any exclusive deals with any of the publishers. We just work with what they make available online. I believe a uh, back issue, there was a special parish review issue. That's right. So Paris Review have been uh, a really great partner for us from the start. Um, Lauren Stein was the first person that we, we showed the, the demo of the app. And actually with the Paris Review, we have an arrangement whereby when you open a story that comes from the Paris Review, it immediately opens in what's called the reader mode, which basically means it doesn't display the website of the publisher, which in most cases, still to date, is not a responsive website. It's, it's, it's a real pain to read, even on a tablet, and just shows you the story rendered in kind of beautiful font. Um, and then what we did at the end of each story is have a call to action to become a Paris Review subscriber. And it's sort of like a quid pro quo in terms of getting a great reading experience for our users, but also ensuring that some of these readers end up being converted to Paris Review subscribers and kind of sharing the love. Yeah, and that definitely goes back to your wanting the 
reader to experience something because it's so distracting with all those ads sometimes and you want to help the company out but at the same time it makes it so much more fluid and comfort comfortable just to read something with all all these pop-ups so that's but you still accomplish possibly getting them some systems and you know it's interesting lauren as as, as storytellers we kind of uh, you know we kind of prefer not to think about those issues but uh you know there have been a lot of changes in the last few months in terms of ad blocking, and that's that's going to completely transform the industry. The storytellers can't um, can not think about what happens around their story because it's all part of the experience. If your story takes you know a minute and a half to load, and then has some pop up before it that your readers are forced to watch. Um, they're not going to do it. You're going to go somewhere else very, very quickly. This actually kind of leads into your next project a bit. Do you mind if we talk about Crave? Yeah, of course. If you promise not to tell anyone. Oh, no, totally not. Um, so Crave is a new, um, I guess it's considered a platform from Paragraph. Would you consider it a platform? It's considered a platform, but really what it is, it is the reimagination of the, of the romance novel. We... Uh, there's a, there's a funny story where Ido, uh, my partner, uh, came to the office about a year ago, and he said, hey, a funny thing happened last evening. Um, I was talking to my six-year-old and telling him about our companies, and, you know, of course, we talked about Paragraph and what Paragraph does, and then we talked, I told him we have this digital magazine platform, and he's like, what's a, what's a magazine? And, um, and then Ido says, and so I explained to him that a magazine is this, this you know, this place where you collect stories and once a week or once a month you you tell people hey you should come and read the stories that i collected for you now and uh and and his kid said well that sounds like a silly idea and when i first heard it i i, I was like you know I was, I was taking it back a little bit but i was like okay that's you know that's what you do with partners uh but in our next editorial meeting i asked our um our team what's the last magazine that you guys read and no hands went up. And then I asked, do you know anyone who reads magazines? And the hands stayed down. And it became clear that even the magazine, which we thought was this novel concept to do a weekly magazine, even that's going away. And we started thinking about what re- what is replacing, when it comes to curation, what is replacing this, this format of magazines? What is the experience going to look like? Um, and what are the storytelling elements that a storyteller can use to keep their audience engaged when Snapchat is only one swipe away. So that really led to um, really kind of a year-long exploration, which um, now culminates with, with Crave. We basically are taking the romance novel and we are serializing it. So you get daily installments of about a thousand words a day from a long-form book. And together with the text, you would get additional media elements such as videos, such as still images, such as text notifications, such as audio segments uh, from the lead character. And what we do with the lead character, with, with the hero of the story, is that we, we cast them. So for every book that we produce, we, we cast the hero. We find an actor that looks so much like that character 
um, that they might as well have been the inspiration for them. And we combine that into a smartphone-only app and let you subscribe to an author's channel for $3.99 a month. And that way you can be the first to get the story when it comes out because the way we also release our content is most of it gets released before it even reaches the bookstores. Yeah, that was my main question when I was going through, um, I guess it's kind of like the demo site right now isn't because it's not live. Um, but I was wondering, I was like, okay, is it a book that's already out or am I going to be able to read a romance novel before anybody else? So that's awesome that it's like a brand new book. Right. So we're starting with uh, with new books from three amazing writers, um, Colleen Hoover, Abby Glines, and Kay Tucker. Um, with all the authors, we're, um, we're releasing uh, books that have just been released or um, haven't been released at all. And so this is all kind of fresh material. And I think it's going to be very interesting to see how people... Um, interact with this new format and with the fact that there's a there's an actual actor who's playing each one of these uh characters yeah that'll be very interesting because it's always when you read something you have your own idea of what this character will look like but this could be both awesome and a little for some people they might be a little weirded out by it yeah yeah absolutely so, so we try to, to we work together with the authors when we cast um, the the heroes. So we have casting calls with dozens of actors um, and with the author with us to make sure that we choose the actor that fits the bill. Um, and we're looking for someone who you know who doesn't necessarily fit the traditional typecast of what you'd find on the cover of a romance book because the truth is that in most cases the stories and the characters are a little bit more uh rich than just kind of the fabio style uh imagery that you'd you'd find on most of these covers um and i was just curious why why did you decide to do this with romance novels specifically because i knew nothing about the category and coming from, uh, you know, uh, you know, I, I was, a, you know, a John Cheever reader, right? So what do I have to do with romance? And, and, and the truth is that there's some things that make this category very interesting. Um, first and foremost, the, the, the good writers there, like the ones that we're launching with, who are all New York Times bestselling authors, kind of back to back, they write really, really well. And so while their books happen to be uh, have to fall into the the romance category. That's not like kind of the, your your typical trashy book where it's like uh, anyone could write that. Um, they're really really well written stories. The second reason is that it's the largest category in publishing, which I didn't know before we got into it. But uh, romance is is a huge category, and romance readers read a lot. They read twice as many books as any other genre. And when they discover an author that they love, they would read all of her back catalog and form a very close bond with her. And it's usually her with her. Uh, 85% of the readers are female and, and most of the authors are female as well. And it's, it's those kind of relationships 
that we just didn't see in, in maybe in sci-fi, but in most other categories in publishing that make this a really interesting um, place to, to start our experiment. And I had a question about how it will work. Will you be able to subscribe to more than one author at a time? Yes, so you can subscribe to to multiple author channels um, at a time. And, of course, after we launch, we're going to be adding additional authors. Uh, So this year we're launching with um, the three authors that I mentioned. And next year we have a long line of other authors that are going to be added. And are they all coming? Do they all work with the same publisher? How did you guys um, kind of decide on working with these specific authors first? So we we decided on Simon Schuster because uh, Simon Schuster has an imprint uh, by the name of Atria, and Atria is run by Judith Kerr, who's a br- brilliant publisher. Who, frankly, we've been meeting with publishers for for many years now, and with with Judith, we just felt that she got it, uh, that she got it, that there is a different way in which people are expecting to interact with stories today. And that meant revisiting the notion of what does this thing that has been around for hundreds of years, what does it have to look like in order to stay relevant? Uh, because we're not advocating for the death of the long story. Uh, quite, quite the contrary. We're trying to, to ensure that the, the, the long format, a story that can take place over, you know, not uh, 900 words, but, uh, but uh, 90,000 words, um, has a future because we're all competing for the same attention span. And so we felt that Simon Schuster were, uh, were a great partner to be, uh, to be our launch partner. So we are kind of coming to the end of our time together. Um, so we've been talking so much about the importance of stories and everything like that's involved with it technology-wise, um, from a personal standpoint, all of that. And I was just wondering if you could just leave me and my listeners with something that you think we should know from the e-publishing side and from working with all of these platforms about stories. Yeah, there's a quote that um, that I read a few years ago by Craig Maud, who's one of the first designers to work on, um, on Flipboard. And um, Craig says that uh, if you think about how to take... Uh, books and makes them uh, digital you end up with uh, with an ebook but if you think about how digital changes the nature of storytelling then things become interesting um, if you think about how to take an encyclopedia and make it digital you get Microsoft Encarta which some of you might remember was a terrible product which no one really used if you think about how digital changes the nature of organizing knowledge, you get Wikipedia. And so if you just start with how do you take one medium and move it to another medium, the results are often not that interesting. You have to start with what's actually happening right now. You have to look at what people are actually spending their time and what are they doing with it. And then saying, look, I might like it or I might hate it. Or I might really wish that this all went away and we went back to reading stories off of dead trees. But given what I'm seeing right now, how, like, what do I need to do to stay relevant? And that's what you need to do. 
as painful um, or as frightening as it might be. All right. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time for this interview. It, it's great to finally talk to you. I've been so interested in all of all of the things paragraph related and Bmuse sounds like a crazy company to kind of be associated with. So thank you so much for taking the time for this. Great. Thanks for reaching out.